1: The South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm joined by former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Um, we're reacting to the historic event today. Um, some may say an unfortunate event. I think uh, I think Sheriff Hodgson says an unfortunate event, that former President Donald Trump has been uh, formally arrested and indicted. The 34 indi- counts of business uh, records fraud have been um Uh, uh, released, as as well as a statement of facts. Um, So we're waiting for the president to speak. Uh, Do you have any idea? You know, you've obviously, you've met the president. You know the president on a personal level. You've been to uh, um, Mar-a-Lago, former Sheriff Hodgson. Do you have any idea um, of what what kind of speech he's going to deliver today?
2: I don't, obviously, but if I had to guess, I, I think he's probably going to speak about uh um, the the injustice of of what's going on here and and uh-huh. and the political motivations behind it that you know I, I i couldn't help but but listen to what um uh the district attorney said he he made a comment um that he wasn't going to allow um, that what happened was the president attempted to conceal a more a, um to to conceal thirty four times Mm-hmm. And misrepresenting the truth, um, a more serious crime, which he hasn't mm-hmm. told us what that more serious crime is. But, but more to the point, he said, "This really got me." Uh, will not, I, we will not in New York normalize serious criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a DA who's more normalized serious criminal behavior than this DA Bragg. The fifty percent of the felony charges. People that have committed serious assaults, attempted murder, all these serious felonies against the people he's supposed to be representing in new york he's he's either reduced or or, or let go and and he's putting them right back out on the street. Don't talk to us about serious what what's what's first of all we don't oh, know what the serious cr- I, crime he's talking about. second of all, when you have a record like you do in New York where people are getting thrown in front of subway trains. Elderly woman walking down the street and getting just sucker punched from behind, knocked to the ground after their purse is stolen, and no, and and these people are brought to court and let right you, back you, out. Again.
1: You don't think you're being a little hyperbolic?
2: Oh, not at all. No. Oh no, I, I watch it on the news regularly, and and but but, um, and and I I presume you must know some of it, but well, but it's been all over the news. I see, mean, New York is such a.
1: I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not intimately familiar with the prosecutorial tendencies or philosophies of, of Alvin Bragg broadly beyond the scope of this case. I will say, you know, there's. I think been a lot of unfair criticism of, um, you know, sort of uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, compare saying, okay, well, he's going to do this, but he'll let these people go, or he'll let this. You know, the, the you know he'll let these people go, but he's going to prosecute former President Trump. I, I think case. I think diversion for a lot of uh, lower level offenses is actually a pretty sound and I think proven proven, succe- proven successful uh, pr- uh, practice of, of, of prosecution. You know, you've got people on lower level offenses where treatment is probably a little bit be- – is probably a better path to – um, uh, I, probably a better pathway to reducing the crime rate than 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 hard prosecution in a lot of cases. I think you saw that so, play out in Boston.
2: Yeah. So are you are you referring to the the medical treatment of the lady thrown in front of the subway train? Or are you talk about the treatment of the guy who threw her in front of the subway train. I, I mean, see, my, well, I hear your point, Marcus Boyd. I guess what I would say is, um, I, I I get that on on perhaps maybe somebody's got a drug drug related issue right, that'm talking about but but I'm talking more I, I was referring more when I was using the analogy of uh, or not analogy but actually what's really going on more of the felony charges around assaults murder you know these these people breaking into people's stores smashing grabs and all this stuff and then just saying okay, you know we we're, we're going to let you we're going to let you let you go uh you don't have enough bail money, you don't have bail money, so we're going to let you right back on the street so you can do it again to somebody else that's the part I'm talking about. If he was really pursuing that stuff
1: yeah i don't know New York's a bail reform state as far as I know uh so they they don't know if they have hard, i don't know if they have cash bail anymore for for lower level offenses um i i I have to again I'd have to brush up a little bit more on their bail. Formal. my understanding is, President Trump is able to be released on bail because it was a nonviolent offense. Yes, but um, uh, with no with no cash bail, rather. Um, so so, I, I guess you know I, I'd be surprised if you know he had someone if someone had who had thrown a woman in front of a uh in front of a a subway car. Um, I presume that woman's dead or or at least seriously injured. I'd be surprised if, if if that person was was uh, was released on personal recognizance, let alone not prosecuted.
2: Well, it isn't just that. Per- it's not just that person. There there are case after case after case. Fifty percent of his felony cases, serious felony cases, were not pursued. They were never, they were never prosecuted and they, and people that have committed these serious felonies, he's letting them right back out on the street. And it's, it's a big problem. It's, I'm, you're probably familiar with San Francisco and what's happened there. New York, New York is not so different than what's going on in San Francisco. And again, it's these, it's these DAs who share this philosophy about, Hey, the criminals are really the victims and the true victims. Well, they're not existent and, and and that not not that I'm saying they are non-existent. I'm just saying, with with the approach that they take, it's it's the message that people are getting is wait a minute, what we don't matter. We're the victims, and and the people that are committing these crimes against us. You're not sending any strong message to say if you do this, there's a serious punishment for this. So they don't worry about it. They do it again and again. I mean, we had our current U.S. attorney in, in, in Boston, right. Well, she was. She was saying basically. Have you looked at her list of things that she said? Yeah, the do that, not prosecute
1: list. I, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Um, but but the thing is, in Boston, the the primary under her tenure as DA did did drop, um, precipitously. So I mean, uh, and and not only that, they did a study because there was uh, her predecessor Dan Conley, was doing diver- case diversion too, and they found that the people who had their cases diverted, um, were. Substantially less likely to reoffend uh, on on lower level offenses. So, I, I mean, I think I, I, I think Boston actually is a is is a is a model for for the type of uh, prosecution. You'd, well, I wouldn't, you'd want to I wouldn't
2: I wouldn't I might disagree with you on on the point about you know the crime rate was lower when she was in there, and it may it may very well have been lower because the cops realized hey, listen, it doesn't make any sense for us. We know a lot of cops. I lock lock this person up. They're going right back on the street. And I'm not wasting my time. So. So those numbers aren't really, in my view, necessarily accurately reflecting what's going on. But but Yeah,
1: but that's you know, that's that's just like a, a feeling. Um you know, I, I oh, no, think the, I, I think the cops are <laughs> I think the cops might be discouraged so they're they're underreporting the crimes. Well, I I okay. But I, I would tell you from
2: my experience and I, I, as a former cop and, and somebody who, who deals with a lot of police officers when I was a sheriff. Uh, police officers, you'd hear him talk about it, and 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 deputy sheriff, same thing. It's it's like well, this is ridiculous. You know, you go out there. Not only do they let them go, but then they try to accuse you of doing something wrong, and mm-hmm. and and uh, so so th- these are real these are real shifts that have hurt the American people and the people who we promise to protect, who are in some cases afraid to go out of their homes because they feel like. The criminals have sort of been given free reign, and nothing's going to happen. It's just sort of encouraged, as though you know you came from a tough background. You know, you you know maybe we can help you change your your ways. Uh, yeah, I know you. I know you. You split that lady's head open, and she was seventy five years old, okay. and and uh, you didn't really mean to do it. But um, I'm going to get you out of here, and I don't want you to do it again.
1: I'm going to. I'd be very again. I, I'll have to look at how Elvin Bragg's record. I'm going to be very surprised if someone who who uh, assaulted an elderly woman uh, was found guilty of assaulting an elderly woman was uh, was, was given even, a lenient I, sentence. You know,
2: because we because we we have these great discussions and and, and, um, and different perspectives. Sometimes I'm gonna even help you with that research. Okay, I'm gonna help you get some of that. Okay, good. Because yeah. because I'm 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 as curious. You may be even more curious about how many of those. I know I know there's there's a, there's a fifty percent of the cases, but. We, we should look at that and see what, what it really puts down to. And then that that helps helps us both figure out, hey, what the hell can we do?
1: So we're here with former Bristol County Sheriff uh, Tom Hodgson. We're taking your calls at 508 996 We're also taking your messages on the app chat. Um, one app chatter said to us... Uh, Curious why no one calls to say you guys are gentlemen when Chris is there. <laughs> That's pretty funny.
2: Yeah. Well, so. we, we know Chris is the <laughs> ultimate gentleman. Yeah. Of course. Oh, no, it's it's it, just a presumption. They, they just presume he, he's, a, he's a gentleman. You, yeah, and, me, you
1: exactly. and me, you and me, yes. that, you and me, that they're, are su- like- they're they're, surprised, yeah, they, they hear about, they, sh- they hear about Sheriff Tom Hodgson in the papers. They're surprised how much of a gentleman he is when they hear him <laughs> no, talk. No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> you too. I'm
2: saying, with Chris, they just automatically presume it. With you and me, they're like, eh, I don't know. Are these guys really gentlemen?
1: Yeah. Well, no, Chris, kidding, Chris, Chris, Chris constantly has to defend it, uh, defend me um, to his conservative friends when he's off the air, so I, I do appreciate that. So, um, well, I'd defend you, too. I appreciate when, that. When you're right. It's just that I can't do it very often. <laughs> so, uh, 508-996-0500 <laughs> is how you can join us this evening. We'll also take your uh, messages on the WBSM uh, app chat. We're here with uh, former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. So, um... We're waiting. Uh, Donald Trump's going to make some remarks at some point. Uh, I Guess maybe he's building suspense or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, so I got a question. we okay. So these 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 charges. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here. These charges don't feel like there's a weak foundation for the case. I think if it, if it hinges on the testimony of Michael uh, of Michael Cohen. Um, witnesses can be impeached, uh, and um, Michael Cohen is a very impeachable witness because uh, he doesn't have a heck of a lot of credibility because he is, um, as you know, we've said, a known liar, and even if some of the lies have been on behalf of the president, and he also can be it can also be demonstrated that he has an axe to grind. I think he has a podcast called Mia culpa, in which you know he's basically. Um, airing grievances he has about President Trump. So let's say these these 34 counts um, aren't as substantial, um, don't result in much, if anything at all. There are some other investigations going on. Uh, there is the phone call to the Secretary of State in Georgia um, where he seemingly asks the Secretary of State in Georgia for a certain amount of votes to uh, pull him ahead in that race when he was down uh, to President Biden. And there's also the um, classified documents um, uh, investigation, the documents at Mar-a-Lago. Wondering what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I know Chris uh, th- seems to think there's a bit more there. Um, there's a bit more there in terms of, uh, you know, um, I think evidence of wrongdoing or even seriousness of, of wrongdoing. Well,
2: as far as as far as the situation in Georgia goes, it's hard. It's hard for I think any of us to be able to make any kind of a judgment about what what happened until the facts come out. But but I do think, um, depending on in, as you well know, intent and how you say something mm-hmm. can be interpreted by different people in different ways. And how he asked about the votes and the, and what he believed was fraud going on there, how that was really posed and how it was taken by the by the person, I think obviously is going to be something that. That people are going to look at very closely and say, "What really was his intention? Was he really trying to tell him go go steal votes?" Yeah. I have a hard time believing. Just like remember, the, remember the woman that said, um, uh, "Was it, who, who was it said that the president assaulted the Secret Service agent in the limousine?" Do you remember that? Um, he came over the back seat, and assaulted oh, one yeah. of them, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember yeah. That. yeah. complete yeah. complete outrage no i mean i i 've met the president a number number of times, he is not somebody that would have done that. I don't believe for one second he he called and told this guy go find me
1: these votes no matter what that would be, be it's a little it's a little ambiguous yeah but it can be interpreted that way but for sure it, yeah it could be but but we're gonna have to
2: we can't know we can we can speculate but but I I'm betting in the end that it will be knowing this this man as I know him that he would never have done that. In, to say, go find me, go go steal, get whatever you need to do to get me over the finish line. That, that's not him. He's a, he's, a, he's a competitor,
1: but not in that he, way. He seems intent on uh, on trying to stop the election from moving forward after the results were, you know, more or less finalized. I mean, look at January 6th. Well, I'd say he's let's, directly let's responsible let's, for what happened there.
2: Well, I wouldn't. And, and, and I, I heard his speeches and I heard what he said. Um, but, but, and, and you've probably seen some of the clips already, perhaps, of, remember the police officer they said that, that was hit with, killed by a, somebody hit him with a fire extinguisher? Mm hmm. That never happened.
1: Right. And, and not happen. only
2: that, that, not only that, but, but the guy, they have film of that officer about 10 or 15 minutes later walking around after he supposedly was killed, they have him right on film. The, 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 the guy who worked for the FBI. Who was, right. who was getting people riled up. He was an instigator down there getting people riled up. And what about – you must have seen this. You know um, uh, the Q-nong, the guy with the horns? The shaman. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the Capitol Hill officers walking them around office to office? They were escorting him around, walking down halls. They were showing him this office, showing him that office. It's all on tape. And, and, and they made that guy – he's been in – they just released them after the tapes came out. But he, the guy's been in jail for how how many months? He, and, and they said he was inciting it. He was inciting it. Why would you have Capitol Hill police escorting him, walking him down? They're looking. They're talking. Looking in offices. They're showing him one. They turn around, come back down another hall. That They, they were Capitol Hill officers. To save these people, it, just take that one instance.
1: This is where it's all completely. So you don't think January 6th was like a big deal?
2: January 6th, I didn't say that. The people that went and destroyed that Capitol or did anything, in, in, committed any crimes there? Mm-hmm. They need to be. They need to be prosecuted. They were wrong for doing that. But Capitol Hill police were walking them in, walking them around. The ones that weren't doing that. But but we we don't want to we don't want to skip over this the, the first uh, the second point that you were asking about. You you talked about Georgia, but you also talked about Marlago. Yeah, the the, the 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 classified classified documents. documents. Um, first of all, again. This raises a serious, serious question, I think. It just is a repetitive thing that's going on with the American people right now about scratching their heads saying, what the hell is going on? You got Joe Biden with with classified documents in five different locations, some of them sitting in his unlocked garage behind his Corvette. And this guy had him – they're learning more and more. I mean they're finding out about the, the Chinese connections and all this stuff. This stuff is is so incredible. I mean, you want to put some neon lights on something. Let's put them on, on, on Joe Biden. Just Joe Biden. Forget Hunter. Just Joe Biden for his 30 years. I mean, when he was vice president, he had documents. He didn't have any authority to take any documents as vice president. That didn't follow the presidential act right but so so why aren't why aren't all these these news agencies and everybody else at the, saying what the hell is going on oh well, i
1: think that's been covered you know his his um
2: How, did they go did they did they go to his delaware home and go through his
1: wife's clothing and through her closet look for everything i don't know, they they did go to his they did go to his home didn't they I think they did. Want, they went to his home. They went oh, no, to his office. No, his
2: lawyers, his lawyers, that they, they, they prepared everything ahead of time. And, yeah. and this is this is to me, Marcus. Look, well, the, the perks the
1: perks of complying with authorities when they ask you to. I guess. Well, I mean, Trump Trump didn't. Isn't that the the difference there? Well, well, that's that remains to be seen. There's questions about that because
2: his lawyers were having conversations. The the allegation right now is that he said he gave all the documents back, but some of them were still there. There can be the question of because presidents are allowed to. to take classified documents and there may be a different point of view they did tell them they put a second lock on there they told them put a second lock on then then they they, they complied with a lot of things but my point is when you look at the the breadth of, of the two you got all the documents in mar lago you got joe biden with documents scattered over in five different locations his home in delaware out in his garage i mean and and yet that's not a priority. That's not what are we doing here? Why aren't we looking at this? Why aren't we holding this guy accountable? Why aren't we asking him? Why did you have those documents there? How many of those did Dip belong to the government? Why didn't you? Why why didn't you tell us you had them in all these locations? But the more they found, like they found the garage, then all of a sudden, oh, no, there's another location. Oh no, no, now there's another location. So if either either his attorneys. We're basically saying this guy is so scattered brain. He doesn't know where the hell anything is, which is even more serious because anybody could be accessing those things. Or they were intentionally doing something that was tied into people outside this country, i.e. China. Right. And, And that's a whole nother. Look, you can't tell me what's going on with us in China is not impacted by this man being compromised in Washington. He is absolutely compromised. Well, and,
1: well, that's a what about that's sort of a what about Do you think that it's wrong? And do you think let's OK, let's say Biden's going to be, you know, investigated and potentially prosecuted as well. Do you think that Trump did something wrong in this situation?
2: I don't know until we find out the facts. But but when we know the facts and they say, yes, this is a direct violation and they show is if this is a violation of the law. Then I think we you know, you can't go, well, no, it's not. If, if, the, if the facts are there and the law is what it is and anyone, Biden or the rest of them, violated it, then that's then everybody would be treated the same way.
1: That's we, all I'm saying. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. we got some app chat messages we'll get to, and uh, we'll take your calls at 508-996-0500. <laughs> Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, and we're here with... Former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. We're reacting to Trump's speech uh, right now. Initially, uh, Sheriff, uh, what's your reaction to to um, to the speech? Well, I, I
2: so far what we've been able to listen to, mm-hmm. um, it's it's exactly what I I thought he would do, which is to lay out exactly um, the, the disparity in how he's being treated, as well as what's happening to the american people based on
1: i saw that he said that that that, uh that you know there wasn't enough coverage or or i guess uh, probing into the hunter biden laptop situation um you know, Congress has got investig- – uh, Republicans have investi- the investigative arm of Congress now to, I guess, call upon if they want to pursue that and, and try to dig out what they can. But um, he said it would be a 17-point difference in the – based on a pollster in the election. I, I find that hard to believe. That's that's quite a – it's it's quite a gap, um, and I, I don't know where that comes from. Do you feel like this is a lot of rehashing, um, the, the 2020 election?
2: Um, I think – I think what he's, he's rehashing is exactly what's taken place, um, and what, what transpired. There's, there were so many questions during that election with regards to, you know, ballot boxes being delivered at at, at weird hours of the night. There were, you know, places where people were being told they had to leave for, and then they would come back the next day and count the the ballots. And they're just, whether, whether there was, whether nothing happened or not, Clearly, there was reason for everybody to to wonder what the heck's going on. This is not a normal process. You know, if we get back to – and I, why can't we in the United States of America have voter ID and have have one day where everybody be responsible as Americans to go to the polls and vote? If you don't want to, that's one thing. But, but why would any – either party say we're going to broaden it out. Let people do mailing. We know that we know there's all kinds of problems with mailing. We didn't have ballots in our county. Same problem. But some people are getting five and six ballots right at their house. Um, we, there's no reason. We're, we're smart people. We can in Portugal, in other countries too. But in Portugal, I know for a fact that you have you have your driver's license. Hmm. But you also have to have a separate, like a driver's license, but a voter card.
1: I wonder how accessible that voter card is, because I think in a lot of states with voter ID, they try to make those, I think, IDs accessible to people that, uh, in, as inaccessible to people that may be voting Democrat. Like in Texas, your college, uh, a form of ID could be your gun license, but it can't be, like, let's say your college ID, um, you know, things like that. So in Alabama, they moved, uh, I remember they, they moved an RMV out of a prominent black, they moved our, an RMV. Uh, uh, out of, um, you know, prominent black neighborhoods in, 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 in major cities, uh, so people couldn't get those, couldn't get those, um, those, those, um, IDs as well. So, I mean, the voter ID, if you were to, if you were to tell me everybody has to have some sort of proof of residency and it could be a multitude of things or there could be a very, very accessible ID, I suppose I'd be more open to it, but I don't know. Is there, is, is there been demonstrate, is there been demonstrative proof of widespread voter fraud? I haven't seen it.
2: Oh, sure. All over the country and and uh, look the, the, you have people that we had a situation in New Bedford where we had we had a, a woman walk into the polling place, take a whole bunch of, of blank ballots she worked she was working went upstairs in the senior thing and came down a half hour later and turned ballots in. Mm-hmm. okay the, look, we all have responsibilities to, to go to the polls if you don't want to that's your right not to vote. But why would we be making it so accessible and so easy for voter fraud when at a time where we want to make sure that things are done honestly, particularly when we're going to be asking people to represent us and it's going to represent what, it, what true democracy is about, which is the vote, the voters vote matters. And, and if, if you have it so that it's skewed so that the voter, the legitimate voters are going to be sort of negated. By these sort of extended policies to allow people to have more time to find ways to play the system, it's simple. We're smart people, and and if you what you say is true, and that did happen in any community where they moved something out with the motivation of not allowing a certain group to vote, that's dead wrong. So, but don't tell me that Congress, if, if on both sides of the aisle, if they were spent less time fighting over over their politics and sat down and said, look. We're going to have a national voting law. We're going to have a national ID. We're going to sit down and we're going to get into the detail of how everybody can access an ID and make sure that the, this is the day you vote. These are the times. And that's it. Well, why one day?
1: You What's could have, early voting? You
2: could, you could have two days. You could move it to weekends instead of having it during the week. But just make That'd a be decision. Better. Yeah, it would be better. Yeah. Make a decision of what it's going to be. Is it going to be a Saturday and Sunday, the first weekend in November? Fine. Then that's what it's going to be, and we're not going to have any other deviations. You can have your absentee ballots, which you have to have for people in nursing homes and things. But other than that, everybody, you want to vote, you want to have a say in this country as to who's going to you know, give you a good economy, give you a safe community and all of that. You have a right to have that, and you will get it and will guarantee that by having strict rules like other countries do you know, they don't they don't say, oh, you're being you're you're being you're being prejudiced against certain groups here in Portugal.
1: They have a process. We can do that. We're smart people. Well, so in my opinion, I got i uh, I'm curious and we got some app chat messages we'll get to uh, after I take a break. But before we take a break, I, I got this. Uh, I, I have a question. Um, it's not a trick question. You're going to be likely voting in the Republican primary for president here in Massachusetts. Um, and because uh, I don't think you'll be voting. For joe biden, so w- what uh that you know if you were a betting man, I'd tell you to put <laughs> everything down on that one <laughs> well um does this sort of episode and and you know what we've been able to hear of, of trump's speech are you confident in his ability uh to uh, mount a successful um uh a, a bid for a president to to reclaim office, or are you looking in another direction maybe at Chris Anunu or Ron desantis?
2: No, I'm, I'm actually right now, I, unless somebody else emerged that could could have the stamina, have the energy and be openly honest with the, with the American people the way he did and drill into these issues and include the people at the grassroots level, which is how President Trump worked. He he would bring in if, if, if it was a law enforcement issue. He had he had us down the sheriffs at the table talking to us. Tell me what we need to about this, do about that. He wouldn't he wouldn't. Bring in these politicians, these senators and congressmen say, tell me what you need. He wanted to know from us if it was a medical issue bring in doctors from communities, because we have our boots on the ground. And he wanted to know so when he created a policy, it was going to go back and directly in a in a maximum way benefit the people that we all represented, including him. And so that's the kind of president that I want. You know, if if he were a Democrat and he were doing that, I I would be and there wasn't anybody else who could I would support him for that. Because the point is, it isn't. It, parties are about philosophy. End game and end results and delivering for us ought to be what matters to us ultimately in the end. And, and yes, do I believe? Look, you can just compare his record to Biden's record. Compare the economy, where we were. Compare oil prices. Compare our, our, our standing in the world. China's walking all over us. I mean, they got satellites flying over our place. You know, and and President Trump told Putin, and he told these other people, don't even bother trying it, right? Don't even bother trying because here's what I'm going to do. And they listened, and they knew he meant business. Biden, have him tell, look what's going on with China. Um, And I'm not picking on Biden. I'm just telling you it's a different
1: philosophy. So if the primary were held tomorrow, you're voting for president, uh, former President Trump. I am. We got former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson uh, here, um, and we're taking your calls. We're taking our chat message. I, I do. I kept on saying I'm going to read these app chat messages. We're going to take a break.
0: 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM.
3: Meals from those years are hard to forget. It was all white bread and whole milk, hamburger casseroles and quiche Lorraine's. All with a side of cigarettes. We ate salads as desserts. We knew a party was classy if it had a cheese log. And we never missed an after-dinner smoke. It didn't matter if we were in our dining rooms, a burger joint, or the ritziest of restaurants. There'd be an ashtray on every table. And that very particular flavor in every meal. We smoked for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's amazing that our food could taste like anything else. If that was you then, get your lungs screened now. Surviving lung cancer starts with a scan. Learn more at ScreenYourLungs.org. This PSA was made possible by industry funding and guidance from lung cancer patient groups.
4: Transitioning out of the military, is difficult. Just about everything around you changes. I would get phone calls that brothers were dying, some of them to suicide. And I'd found myself in another cold cemetery and I started to wonder if I was next. It's a struggle to know that you're facing challenges but not being ready to face them. Sleep doesn't come easy and when it comes, it doesn't last long. You're tired all the time. I didn't reach out for that help, but thank God my wife did. She got me registered for Wounded Warrior Project, talking to somebody that would listen to me and understood my story, helped me realize that it was time to change. There's a new fight. There's a new mission, and that's something I'm eternally grateful for.
3: See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash stigma Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution, and communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat, and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives,
1: protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air
3: matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer.
0: Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates, all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com.
1: So we're here with former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Oh, he had a call on the line. I guess it fell off. Um, But you can call if you want at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. One thing I did want to ask you about, um, Tom, is that um the the former president is accusing two uh DA these two DAs um one in Georgia one in not uh, <clears throat> one in the are in Mr. Bragg in Manhattan who are both African-American of uh being racist and prosecuting him because he is white um do you believe that's the case do you believe that these DAs uh, think he's a uh, 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 a racist and going after him because he's white
2: I don't I, I mean I can't say uh, you can't, for sure. you're not but a mind I don't, rater, I don't but... have that i I don't have that feeling myself that, yeah. that would have been the motivation i i'm I more think that this is is driven by politics mm-hmm. um as opposed to to race and um <clears throat> why the president uh feels that way i i I don't know i i I never ever had that impression in my mind based on the things that i've I've heard or seen so far.
1: Uh, 508-996-0500, um, and we'll also take your app chat messages. So we, we got an app chat message from, uh, Billy in New Bedford. Uh, we were, you know, talking, following up on a conversation about, uh, immigration, um, uh, there was a story, I don't know if you've been able to read it, um, it's both, you know, uh, Ben Burke, uh, 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 Providence's NPR and, uh, Will Senna at the New Bedford Light both reported on this and did a great job. But there is, uh, Eastern Fisheries laid off 110 workers. Some can't reapply because they are undocumented workers. Um, uh, and, um, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this app chatter is wondering, how does Hodgson feel about temp agencies in New Bedford? Who wins and who loses with them? Who's on the line for uh, who's on the line for employing documented workers the business or the undocumented workers uh,
2: who's I'm sure I'm, I'm not sure I understand the last part of the question
1: I, I think I think um, who do you think uh, should you know if an undocumented worker is hired do you think that they're entitled to? Um, fundamental, uh, I think, workers' rights, and who's resp- who's ultimately responsible um, if a temp agency, you know, hires undocumented workers. Who do you think should be held responsible in that in that situation? Uh, bring a temp agency bringing undocumented well, workers to a place.
2: Well, I, well, I personally, I personally think that's that kind of a, a complex yeah. question, but 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 a simple answer. I've been dealing with this issue for twenty five years. I was I was dealing with Barney Frank and Henry Hyde on a bipartisan bill that made it through the House, never made it to the Senate. Because I was told by John Kerry's uh, chief of staff at the time when I went and said, listen, this needs to get through the Senate. They said, that'll never happen. I said, why? And they said, it'll never see the light of day. I said, why not? It just passed the House. And this was the beginnings of immigration reform to get more people here legally, right? Yeah. Um, To maybe give temp agencies a legitimate way to get get people, get workers. And the answer was because it's an election year. Right. It never changed. So my point is first let's start with that the, the fact that Congress has failed to, to address the immigration law and make the reforms, if we need more workers, we did it World War I, World War II we, when we needed less workers they cut it back, when we needed more workers they raised it, so my point is if, if the, what we've done is, and this is the part that really frosts me about the Biden administration with this whole border issue and just letting people pour over our borders, on one hand they want to give out – these groups, these left-wing groups want to give out these uh, reparations, right, for people uh, who, whose great-great-grandparents may have been slaves or what have you and give them $500,000 apiece, right? Because, because at that time it was wrongly in our country we had slaves. How is that any different than what the Biden administration is doing right now? They know these people are being brought into this country. They're being asked to work 105 hours a week. I just saw a report on a guy who was being forced to work 105 hours a week. One time he t- tried to leave and the guy kicked him in the groin, right? Ended up injuring him pretty bad. And these people are being mistreated, not by every business. Some businesses are paying them legitimate. But it certainly gives this power to companies that need help, can't find anybody. What You expect them to try to find, to keep their businesses going. But it also is a temptation for some companies to say, I'm going to – I have you over a barrel, you're illegal, and yeah. I'll use that against you. We, right. can, we, we, we don't have to have that situation. If Congress will do its job and add the number of people we need to have in this country and do it the right way. Otherwise, we're basically back to we'll pick and choose, Congress will, who has to follow the law and who doesn't. And we're just going to let these people pour in. If these people were pouring in by these numbers over Mayorkas' fence into his yard, He wouldn't be going, oh, there's no problem here. Pay no attention to this.
1: We got to take a break. We'll be uh, right back. We see some calls in line. We're going to get to him after the break. (laughs) Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hello. All right. Call back in the the 9 o'clock hour. Sorry. Uh, We're... Near in the end uh president trump wrapped up a speech we're we're reacting to it we're taking your calls we're taking your app chat messages here we're also there's a big historic event going on but but um but tom you're a resident of dartmouth there was a dartmouth uh, town election today and there was a there's a very tight race for school committee it seems right now so um you know what's your thoughts on that
2: yeah it's um and and we were talking about this earlier uh, off the air, but the idea that the school committee is really attracting a, lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of voters, as you mentioned. More so than the select board races. Yeah. yeah. And and, and, and I, I wonder if it doesn't have something to do with all the things that have happened in the schools. And parents are finally, you know, starting to realize that, wait a minute, we need more control in the schools. We need people in there that are going to represent what, what we want done. And, and uh, I don't know. Did you hear about the guy up in um, uh, the, the superintendent up on, I think it was East Hampton? Uh, no. So he was, he, he was vying for superintendent. He was awarded the job. He wrote a letter because there was a cap on the salary. He wrote a letter thanking the mayor and the board for, for appointing him superintendent. Uh, and he said, you know, what I'd, I'm hoping you can do is, um, maybe we can, uh, get some additional days off or whatever to offset since it's a lower thing. And they said, hey, but he addressed it, lady, dear ladies. Oh. Well, when he did that, there were two P, two women on the board. They immediately flipped out because he referred to them as ladies, and they withdrew his his uh, his appointment. Mm. So, so my question is:
1: w- when I give up, did, did he address it? the letter, dear ladies, dear ladies? It's it's kind of a weird way to address somebody, but it's not fi- in a, in a formal letter. But it's not fire. I don't think it's fireable. Well, when I get up and give a speech, I, ladies and gentlemen, am I is that, sure. that now inappropriate?